The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory, Glory to, you, to you, O Christ. Jesus spoke to the crowd, saying, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal the Father. Come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, you O Christ. Christ. I just love a good love story. Do you? Whether I'm watching a romantic comedy or hearing a real life story about persistent love that saw a couple through some rough times, I just get all caught up in the loveliness of it all. In 2015, when same-sex marriage became legal in the United States, I did a lot of weddings that summer. And each time I'd post a photo on Facebook of the couple and me and write, I love love. As a hospice chaplain, one of my favorite questions to ask when doing legacy work was, how did you meet your spouse? And I heard some amazing stories about how people met years earlier and love blossomed. Just last week, I asked one of our members during a visit, how did you meet your wife? And his face lit up and he started smiling from ear to ear and he said, haven't I ever told you that story? It's one of my best stories. And it was. Boy notices girl from across the room. Boy says something awkward and funny to get her attention. They go on a first date. And after one simple action she did during that conversation, he knew immediately that she was the one. If only it were that easy for all of us, right? We heard a love story this morning in the reading from Genesis. It's not a romantic one, as one might find in the movies or hear in a conversation with a friend, but it is the beginning of a love story between Isaac and Rebecca. Now, their love story has a few twists and turns and that we don't expect in modern love stories. Do you remember Isaac from last week? Or how about his parents, Abraham and Sarah, from the weeks before? Some people might not know all these stories, so I'm going to do a quick recap so we're all on the same page. Abraham and Sarah are without a child, so Sarah gives him his servant, her servant, Hagar, to bear a child on her behalf. 
and Hagar's son is named Ishmael. Abraham and Sarah are told that they will conceive, but because she is so old, she laughs at the messenger. But Sarah does indeed become pregnant, and their son is named Isaac. Sarah commands Abraham to get rid of Hagar and Ishmael, and they are sent out to the desert to die. But God hears the cries of the boy, and a wellspring bursting with water is given to them. Abraham is told to sacrifice his son, but just before he attempts to do it, a ram for the sacrifice appears in the bushes. So now back to today's portion of the story that occurs several years later. Isaac is all grown up. His mother, Sarah, has just died. And Abraham asks his servant to find a suitable wife for his son. I like to imagine what would happen if I asked Isaac, how did you meet your wife? <laughs> well, it's complicated. My father sent one of our servants back to the land that he's originally from so that he could find a wife for me. He wanted to make sure that I was with someone from our own kin, so the servant went to the land of Aram Naharam. And when he arrived, he prayed for God to help him discern the right woman for me. And he said, whoever comes here and gives me a drink and offers to water my camels, that'll be the one. And you know what? Rebecca showed up at the well. It's where a lot of people meet their future spouses. And not only did she offer him a drink, she offered to water his camels too. <laughs> That's a whole lot of water for 10 camels who can drink 20 to 30 gallons each. Not only was she generous and hospitable to a stranger, she was strong too. Water's heavy, you know. So later that day, when they were at Rebecca's home, arrangements were made for her to be my wife. She told me later that they had asked her first, which never happens. Usually just the men make the decisions, but they asked her and she said, yes. She said yes before she even met me or my father. She said yes and made the long journey back to my home. I mean, our home. And I loved her from the moment I saw her. And I just knew that she was the one. Now that's quite a love story, isn't it? But why is it in the Bible? It's the longest chapter in Genesis and the story is told with so much detail that it must be important. On the surface, it just seems like a story about arranged marriages and weird practices about marrying one's own bloodline and the role of servants carrying out their master's wishes. But all that was normal back then. So one theme that sums up all the stories that I recapped earlier, including this one, is that the Lord will provide. When Abraham and Sarah needed heirs, God provided sons. When Hagar and Ishmael were dying of thirst, God provided water. When Abraham was about to sacrifice his son Isaac, God provided a ram instead. And when Isaac was ready to marry, God provided a wife. God will provide. 
Whatever hardship or difficulty Abraham and his family encounter, the God that they worship faithfully keeps promises to them, providing whatever is most necessary and life-giving. And that is a love story to beat all love stories. God's love for all of creation, all of it, earth and animals and humans, that is an enduring love story that goes all the way back to the beginning. The story that we read today and so much of the biblical witness shows us that God is faithful and loving throughout all generations. Now, God will provide is not an invitation to fatalism or apathy, though. Most of the time, the way that God provides is through us. God uses ordinary and flawed people like Rebecca or you or me to carry out God's desires for creation. We are invited, like Rebecca, to say yes and be active participants in God's love story for the world. God provided them what they needed to do extraordinary things. God made outrageous promises to them and then kept those promises. And God's love story continues throughout all generations. So this summer, we celebrate the 50th anniversary of the ordination of women in the ELCA. God was faithful and provided what was needed as courageous women and men in the ELCA predecessor bodies said yes to God's plan. 50 years ago, the ELCA decided to change the constitution from a man shall be ordained to a person shall be ordained. And it opened the way for the ordination of women in the ELCA. And then 10 years after that, 40 years ago, the first woman of color was ordained in the ELCA. And then just a few short 10 years ago, the church decided that it was okay and even affirmed in 2009, the ordaining of open, openly gay, lesbian, bisexual and transgender persons. The church and these faithful leaders said yes. Today, we are being called to say yes to Black Lives Matter. Not because all lives don't matter, but because for too long, the lives of black and brown people have been ignored, brutalized, and killed because of racism and white supremacy. What once seemed acceptable or hidden is now publicly questioned and revealed. The ones who are being oppressed call out with a courageous yes to a new way of being in the world, motivated, motivated by God's plan for the entire world. We all are called to say yes to God's expansive love story. And we, like Rebecca, say yes to an unknown future. Yes to a new way of being in the world. Yes to God's promises for an abundant life for everyone black and brown, queer and straight, housed and those without homes, people who are married, divorcing, or yearning for their own love story, unemployed, underemployed, educated, and those with minimal access to public education. In all these things, we are part of God's divine plan to welcome, accept, embrace, 
all of God's creation. And just like many great love stories in the Bible, this one began with wellsprings of water at the baptismal font. When promises were made by God and humans, in those waters we were claimed as God's beloved and a relationship with the Holy One was born and God's faithfulness secured. So we are invited to embrace this never-ending love story and say yes to God's love for us. Yes to God's love for the world. Yes to God's faithfulness. Trusting that God will provide all that we need as we work to love our neighbors as ourselves. And trusting that God will provide for all generations. Amen.